Every time I tried to make it on my own Every time I tried to stand and talk to fall All those lonely roads that I've traveled on and There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now and There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment Where I've been, where I'm going Even when I didn't know it I couldn't see it There was Jesus For this man who needs amazing kind of grace Forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay I'm not perfect so I thank God every day But there was Jesus There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it. There was Jesus on the mountain, in the valley. There was Jesus in the shadows of the alleys. There was Jesus in the fire and in the flood. that have come today, Lord. I thank you for those that are watching online, Lord, and I pray, God, God, that we would just uh, lift up our hearts in song, and God, in any way that we can, that we can worship you today, God, because you deserve our worship. And Lord, we, we need your help today to worship you. Lord, thank you that you are always there for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before i took a breath you breathed your life in me been so, so kind to me. Love the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Love it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you
All right, good morning again. If you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 through 20. I'm going to catch one verse that we dealt with last week. Chapter 6, verse 12, do that verse by itself and then go to the rest of that text. There is an outline of this on the back side of your announcements, and a lot of it be on the screen also. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, it is good to be in your house. Thank you for everyone who's here. Uh, right now, I just, I just feel an, over, an overwhelming uh, need to pray. And I, I don't know why. I don't know, uh, don't know what it is. But I just feel an overwhelming need to, to pray. Lord, we need your presence here. And that's odd to say because we know it's already here. Uh, but we ask for it ask for it anyway sometimes because we need it it's not that uh, it's not that you're you're watching from somewhere else uh, but we need it we need to we pray because we need to pray we ask because we need to ask we're not asking because you uh, need somebody to prompt you we're asking because we need to ask and right now I just do I, I need to ask Lord I need your uh, presence. We all do. Help us, everyone, all of us, help us to know that, that right now we, we need you. Some, I, I do. I, th- I think some have come into the Lord's house this morning and don't really feel that, that, you know, they're just here. Uh, but right now I pray for your Holy Spirit to just make it very aware to us that we need you in every way. And I certainly do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Hebrews chapter 6, just catch this one verse. This is a mini-message in itself, not going to stay here very long at all. Dealt with this last week, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate. If you were here last week or watched last week, you remember that, that you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, as we go on in the text, we're going to see that that imitation of Abraham but, staying right here with that verse, imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the, the, the promises. Just one thought, then we'll move on to the rest of the text. Consider, I'm going to use this twice, con- consider again. But with this thought, consider who you imitate, who you look to, who you depend upon. Now, I'm going to say this, the Holy Spirit has to take this and you deal with it if it... If it's for you, fine. If it's not for you, that's fine. Earlier in the week, this was for me, okay? So I want to share this with you. Consider, think about, consider who you're imitating, who you look to, who you depend upon. Perhaps you shouldn't, okay? Perhaps you shouldn't. Perhaps you're imitating them too much, Perhaps you're depending on them too much. And I hate to say this, but it's just going to be the truth through life. Sometimes people aren't who you think they are. Okay? Done. Let's go on to the next one. So verses 13 through 20, as we look at Abraham and his faith. Now, we can go ahead and, yeah, Matt, just go ahead and leave the text up there. But I need to... uh, I need to introduce this a little bit. We, we are going to, he is, 
in this, the rest of this chapter talking about Abraham, the life of faith, and, and most of you here know the story well, but I need to make a distinction right here because he, he does make the distinction in the text we're going to read, but us being, not being Hebrews by birth, us not being raised in a Jewish home, it's easy for us to miss it because he doesn't spell it out. He just says it in a way that they would understand it, but I'm not sure that we would. He's going to refer and use the story of Abraham and then getting a little more specific, the uh, test of faith that Abraham and, and, and Sarah had to go through in waiting 25 years for the birth of Isaac. Okay, That was a test of faith. It sure was. So Isaac, after 25 years, Isaac is born. So there was, there was a promise that Abraham, that God had given to Abraham, you're going to have a son, you're going to have a, a child, a son. And through that son, the nations of the earth would be blessed. That son will become a huge tribe. And through that tribe, through that son, the nations of the earth will be blessed. All right, good. Isaac is born. The end of the test. No, it's not. In fact, Isaac born kind of like the beginning of the test, test and, and we use this as we move on down in our, in our outline. Now, before Isaac was born, God promised, and it, this will be shown up in the text that we read, we'll read. I, God promised Isaac would be born, all the nations would be blessed. Now, after Isaac's born, when Isaac is a young lad, we're not sure how old but but a young boy this terrible test of faith that Abraham has to go through that honestly I cannot put myself in his shoes when it comes to this Abraham is tested again with his son Isaac his only son through promise and is asked to go up on a mountain and sacrifice his only son now how can this son become the father of a nation how can the nations of the earth be blessed through him if Abraham kills him but Abraham is asked by God to take Isaac up and sacrifice his only son after Abraham and you know how the story it, it ends well but you know Abraham didn't know that going through it and none of us do going through it we don't know how it ends specifically ever it ends well he uh, does not have to sacrifice his only son but he would have and then God swears a promise to him again through that son through all the nations of the earth will be blessed may not seem like a big deal but it was a big deal to the Hebrews at that time and the pastor says it here without saying it the first time God made a promise the second time, after Abraham passed the second test, he swore an oath. Okay? So, and you'll see, you'll see the wording of this as we read through the text. So let's do that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. This will be on the screen. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. You see that? Saying, surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
For men indeed swear by, greater, by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Uh, I'm going to stop. Let me read one more verse. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability, he does not change, that's what that word means, of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things of which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. I'll read the rest of the text, but let me stop right here. That's hard to read, and that's hard to understand. What on earth is he trying to... Swearing by something greater, God couldn't find anything greater, so he swore by himself. The closest thing I have to that and it will make more sense to you. I'm not sure in courtrooms that they still do the same thing. I've seen it done. I've had to do it myself. But if you're testifying in court, they'll ask you to raise your right hand and put your hand on a what? A Bible. I'm not sure they still do, do that. Raise your right hand, put your left hand on the Bible, repeat after me, swear. What you, what are we, what's that all? That's what we... We know that. We, we get that. You're swearing by something greater than yourself. Okay? That's all that that means. That men do that all the time. Put your hand on the Bible and, and repeat after me. Presidents taking their oath of office still do that. Put their hand on the Bible. Swearing by something greater than themselves. That makes more sense now. When we were kids, you know, we would say things like, and this is crude, and I don't, but I swear on my mother's grave. I don't know where we ever came, came up with that, but it was the, the thought of something really important. You know, really, I, I'm not going to break this oath, okay? So, but God couldn't find anything greater than himself, swore by himself. That's all that that means. Kind of tough for us to understand until maybe we put it in that light okay so a promise was made the promise was fulfilled Isaac was born another test of faith comes along that test of faith is passed and God told Abraham these things that he would do the hope that would come if you'll trust me what would happen if you trust me it's important that we know that Abraham went through two tests of faith, one in the past, one present. So after he passed the second one, God swore that Isaac would become, uh, that, that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. So that brings us down to 19, which is kind of the title of the message, uh, Soul Anchor. This hope, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil where Jesus went where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek which we'll get to in weeks to come look on your outline and we're looking also at the screen if hope is the anchor for your soul what is your hope if hope is the anchor for the soul, like verse 19 says, what is your hope? 
Next one, I'm going to explain hope a little bit more. Do this quite a bit, but this needs to be re repeated from time to time. Faith is almost always what God's going to do. Hope and faith are like cousins, but they're not exactly the same thing. Faith is almost what God's almost always what God's going to do. Hope is what God is going to do based on what God has done. Now, this morning we're talking about hope. I realize that faith is going to work its way into it because they're so closely re related, but hope has something that faith doesn't have, and that's past. And for us to talk about hope this morning, we're, go we're going to have to talk about what has God done for you, what has God said to you. So uh, hope is what God is going to do based on what God has done and what he has said. Okay? Um, okay. What has God done and what has God said? Now we're going to go on down to, if you're looking at your outline, one, two, three. We're going to, everybody, Matt, that, that's okay. Just, just leave that there. But there's going to be, if you have a hard copy of the outline, there's that part. The one is find our hope. Number two is change our hope. Number three is trust our hope. These are levels of hope. Everyone in the room will primarily fit into one. It will be either you need to find your hope or you need to change your hope or you just simply need to trust your hope. Everyone in the room will fit into one of those three primarily. Now, honestly, I can see myself in all three, but I know where I fit. I know where primarily that I fit. The first one is find our hope. There may be some in the room. There are, there are some in the room that need to find your hope. Hope is built based on what God has done in the past and what God has said to you in the past. And according to that, by what he's done and what he has said, we find direction for our hope. But some just have no idea what on earth I'm supposed to be hoping for. I have no idea. I have no idea what God has made me for, has created me for. I don't really know what God has said to me. I don't know what, I, I don't know, I'm just, hey, there's some in the room that just, honestly, you've just not been in touch at all with what God is doing. If you are down, if you are actually, if you fit better into number three where you just need to continue to trust your hope, this may not seem real to you, but it amazing. I've learned when you're pastoring, you're counseling, you're talking to people, here's a trick, not a trick, that's the wrong word, you need to do this. Never act shocked. Never act shocked. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not shocked, okay? It just means I'm not supposed to ever let them know that what they just told me shocks me. But this, honestly, well, I just let the cat out of the bag because I'm going to tell you that it shocks me sometimes. The number of people that come to me and will be talking about things, and I'll ask them something like this, how often do you pray? N n never. I don't, I don't ever pray. Okay, don't act shocked, just, you know, blank. But that's shocking to me. I don't know how you live without it. Honestly, I don't. I don't know how, I don't know how you get it. I don't know how you live. If you're going to be 
the person that's down, primarily number three, that's what you're thinking. The number of people who, when I ask them, how, how often do you pray, the answer is, I don't, I don't ever pray. Uh, or, well, I, I haven't prayed for months. Literally, I haven't prayed for months. This person needs to find their hope. They have no idea what God's trying to do. Just absolutely clueless. My question to you, if you're here this morning, you're absolutely clueless on what, if, if, I, if, if I asked you, what's the last thing God has said to you? If I asked you, what's the last thing God has shown you in his word? What's the last thing God has said to you? What's the last thing God has shown you in his word? You would be absolutely clueless. You have absolutely nothing to say. Because you haven't talked to God in a long time. And you haven't opened his word in a long time. You just are clueless. You have absolutely no idea what direction your life is heading in. If I asked you, what is your hope? If hope is the anchor for your soul, what is your hope? See, it's got to be based on what God has said and what God has done. Because that's what hope is. But if you don't have anything to base it on, you don't have anything to look, to look forward to. You don't know how to look, to look forward because you can't really see almost, there's almost nothing in your past to look back to. The only answer to that, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's not rocket science at, at all. What do I do? Start praying. That's what you do. You start praying. I don't have any idea where my life is headed. Start praying. I don't have any idea what God wants to do with me. Start praying. I don't have any idea what God made me for. Start praying. Then, another thing, start getting into his word. Open your Bible. Scroll down on your phone. Start looking into God's word. Let him speak to you as he begins to show you, begins to open up your eyes and mind. This is what I made, made you for. This is what your hope is, is supposed to be. This is what I want to do with you. But it's to that first person, that first group. And there are many more in that group than what maybe we would think. There are a lot more in that group, sadly, than what we think. Just absolutely adrift, don't have any idea where their life is headed, what they're supposed to do. You know, don't you, that there, there is a, absolutely no such thing as accidental birth, and there's no such thing as accidental death, and that God has his hand over everything and everyone. I hope you know that. If you don't know that, you need to start praying and getting into God's word. There's absolutely nothing by accident. God has never turned his head. God has never closed his eyes. He doesn't need to. And so every life is being, his, his, his hand is over our life if we'll see it, if we'll seek it, if we'll search for it. Honestly. I'm going to move on here. I don't get, I simply do not get having a happy life with absolutely no idea what God wants me to do. I don't get that. My fulfillment comes from pleasing God and knowing that I'm in his will and doing what he wants me to do. If I don't know what that is, 
I could not live another day without finding out. So maybe if that's you this morning, this morning is the time. Okay, I may not, I know I may not come to the answer to, today, but I'm going to start today. I'm going to start praying. I don't, want, I don't want this to happen to me ever again where somebody asks me, when's the last time you prayed? And I say months. I want to be able to say uh, yesterday. Okay? I'm going to use this as an analogy just to help me. A few weeks ago, I challenged all of us to start praying for someone. Make sure, I'm going to make sure I get the words right. I'm, I challenged all of us to start praying for someone who is uh, persistently unrepentant. I don't know if you recall that. I hope you do. But I challenged all of us to begin praying for someone else who is persistently unrepentant. And I'm going to use that thought. The problem is some of us in the room have never prayed for someone else who's persistently unrepentant. The whole thought was, in, was, was entirely new. I want you to start that. I want you to start. Whenever anybody asks you, when's the last time you, were, you prayed, I want you to be able to say, no further than yesterday. Okay? All right. Move on. Number two, change our hope. Honestly, this is the most, uh, for me, the most painful one. Change our course. Change our hope. We're off course. Our boat is too small for the anchor. Change our hope. We're off course. What this is, is we have an idea of what God wants for us. We have an idea. I, I, I have prayed. I have looked into God's word. I, I, I do. I, I kind of know. I do what God wants for me. I, I think I know what he wants me to do, what he wants me to be. I think what I know, I have an idea what my godly hope is. I can, I can look in the past. I can uh, recall what God has said to me. I can recall what God's done for me, how he's blessed me, and I can use that as an idea for what he wants to do. What he's done in the past gives me an idea for what he wants to do. I do have an idea of what God wants, but I have other hopes too. I have other hopes too. I have created other hopes also. And there's other things that I want to do. There's, and I, I don't disagree with God. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think what God's asked me to do is wrong. But I've got other stuff to do too. And I, I build up other hopes and before long, these other hopes, these other things I want to do, these other things that I want to be, and they're not, you know, probably not sinful things. They're just, they're just not what God has said. They're just not, I, I can't honestly say God told me to do that. God told me to be that. God told me to look for that. And so what we do over time is we build up other hopes along with what God's already said. And those other hopes that we build up get bigger and bigger. And before long, if we're not careful, they overtake what God has said and what God has done. And what God's plan for my life becomes secondary. And now my life seems to revolve around what I want to do. This is tough. This is really tough. It's been tough for me. But it's realizing that and it's changing our hope because we've got off course. 
I'm going to say this, and I learned this um, just before I, just before my family moved here, just before we came here. I learned this pastoring at another church. I've learned it over and again. I'm going to repeat this thought when we get to number three. I've had to learn this over and again while I'm here. But I learned it primarily the first, kind of like the first time it really got, really was laid strong on my heart just before we came here. And it's this. Sadly, God does not care about some of the things that you care so strongly about. God just doesn't care. Some of the things that you feel so strongly about, God doesn't. How could he not? <laughs> because I feel so strongly about it. How could God not feel so? Because he doesn't. Because that's not in his godly plan. You have gotten so wrapped up in something that's not God. He didn't tell you to do it. He didn't tell you to go there. He didn't tell you to do that. He didn't tell you. You dreamed it up in your own mind. It's what you wanted to do. And you have convinced yourself somehow that this is God's will, that this is God's plan. And honestly, in your prayer life and in your study life, he never said it. You kept saying it to yourself until you convinced yourself. Now, I'm saying that as if, oh, it's easy to change. It's not easy to change, and it's painful to change, and it's one of those things that just sometimes, depending on what we've gotten ourselves into, just tears our heart out to realize, you know what? I've given my heart, I've given my hopes to something that God never told me to do. He didn't say that. I convinced myself of it. God does not care about some of the things that you care so strongly about. And I could start to name some things, and I would make you mad, okay? Because you care so much about it, and God doesn't. Now, if you want to know some things, I'll talk to you in private, because I really don't feel like just making everybody mad at me all at the same time. I'd rather make you mad at me one at a time. I can handle it a little better like that. But I could name some things that America is feel so passionately about God doesn't how do I know God doesn't because he says he doesn't because he says he doesn't it's he never said it he never spoke it and it's never been seen by man but we've taken it and we made it so important this it's, it's tough it really is I'm I there's no way I'd ever act like this is this is easy to change it isn't, and it, it, uh, it uh, tears our heart out sometimes. But we need to change our hope because we're off co course. Our boat is too small for the anchor. The anchor is Jesus, and what he, and, but our, we've chosen another boat. The last one, number three. Trust our hope. Stay the course. Okay, some of you, this is where you are. Some of you can see yourself in number one, find our hope. Some of you can see yourself in number two, change our hope. Some of you can see yourself in number three, trust our hope, stay the course. Okay, that's what Abraham needed to do, just, just stay the course. Um, I want you to see 
where Abraham was tested at the point of faith and hope. He was tested at the same point again, his son Isaac. And God will do this. What I'm going to say right now is going to explain some stuff. It will explain what might be going on in your life right now. God will do this. He will test you again at the same point. The first time it was <clears throat> that Isaac could be born. It's a test of faith and hope. The second time really hope because Isaac is born. Now I want you to sacrifice your son. Abraham's already gone through the test of faith to get Isaac here. And now this test comes again to sacrifice him. There, that, that's, that's even, I don't know how many times worse, harder to do. But the test of faith comes at that point of hope, and it will with you too. I used to think, it finally dawned on me a few years ago, I finally got this straight in my own head. Finally got this straight in my own life. I wondered, Lord, why do you have to keep testing me at the same point over and over again? Why do I have to continue to learn this lesson over and over again? I got frustrated with myself, a little frustrated with God. Why are you having to continually test me at this, this thing I've already learned? I've already went through this test once. Why am I having to go through it again? Then it dawned on me, I'm not going through it again necessarily that's not the point testing you on that point of faith and hope whatever it might be in Abraham's life it was his son testing him again is not because Abraham forgot or Abraham failed and it didn't have anything to do with that what's he doing he's getting it deeper he's getting it into him deeper whatever God has taught you whatever God has shown you listen Whatever God has done for you in the past, okay, that's what hope's based on, right? What God has said to us, what God has done. Whatever God's done and shown you in the past, I'm telling you, this explains a lot. It's not deep enough yet. It's not deep enough yet. Now, you say, oh, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I don't need to be tested again. Yes, you do. It's not deep enough yet. And so what he's doing is not just reminding us again or showing us again, even though he is. There's a reason behind it. It's not because we forgot. It's because it's not deep enough yet. And so he'll bring another test along the same line, along the same person, along the same thing, along that same hope, that same faith, that same hope, that's, that same area that he's tested you in before, he'll test you again to get it in you deeper. Now, that's what we hate. That's what I hate. God, I've already learned my lesson once. Yeah, you did, but now let's get it down deeper. Let's get it down deeper. There are some things that you know with your head, but you haven't learned it with your heart. Okay? There are some things that you know this morning with your head, you know it's true, but you haven't learned it yet with your heart. It's not really gotten down deep into you yet. I, I hear other, other people talk about watching preachers preach, and they, they just have a sense about them. They can tell if that guy's just saying it or if he means it. And I don't know how we can tell, but we can tell if he's just saying it or he means it. He, he believes it. 
So there are some things that we believe with our head, but it has not yet gotten down into our heart. How does God do that? By driving it in again and again and again and driving it in deeper into you by testing that area of faith and hope again and again. Well, God, I already passed that test once. Yeah, now it's time to do it, do it again. So it will get down into you deeper still, deeper yet. There is not an area of your life that is deep enough yet. And he's going to test you again, and he's going to test you again, and he's driving it in deeper into you. Some of you are having to go through that right now. Some of you are going through that right now. Why is God doing this to me? I've already passed these tests of faith. I've already, he's already ch challenged me on this issue. Why is he doing it to me again? Because he's got to get into you deeper. Now, I've never met the person yet who believes that he needed it. There's nobody that believes that I really need that. But God sees that. And it's the man, the woman, who will just say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to stay the course. Abraham didn't need to change course. He just needed to trust Jesus. And what Jesus was doing, he did it for me before. He did it for me before. He'll do it for me again. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it. And he didn't do it, the, he's not doing it the same way. But he did it for me before. I believe he's going to do it again. I don't know how. Have you ever met anybody that's been through a test of faith like Abraham has? Man. You just never imagine how God's going to test us. And he's doing it to get this down into us deeper. He, listen to me, he is making somebody out of you no one else can make. He is making, forming, creating something out of you that no one else can do. There was... There was a lady in my study one time, and I said it, and it's the truth. And it just, I mean, it got into her. I said, Satan cannot hurt you like Jesus can. The devil cannot hurt you like Jesus can. Now, some of you say, I don't get that at all. That's because you're still up on number one, okay? Those of you who are down, you just need to trust the course. You need to, you need to stay, stay the course. It makes some sense to, to, to you now. No one can hurt you as deeply as God can. No one can reach down as deeply as God can. And that means no one can create and make you like God can. And he's doing that to you right now. And I hope that makes sense to you. And I hope that explains some things to, to you. And you, that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to see how God can do it. It just explains a little bit that's what God is doing that's what God is doing that's what God is doing he's not testing me again so much as he's getting it into me deeper deeper there is no doubt in my mind at all that somebody sitting here right now really needs to hear that that's what God is doing that's what God is doing He's creating something in me that no one else can do. No one can touch. No one can reach in as deeply as God can. That's what he's doing. Trust your hope. 
Stay the course. You don't need to change course. You need to trust Jesus and let him do what he's trying to do in you right now. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're not going to have the band come up this time. Matt's just going to play a song. This is our prayer time. And uh, we have the altars here, seats here. You can stand, kneel, sit. If you uh, need to find your hope, you just like halfway through this, you just, you don't even, I mean, you're just getting started, but you want to get started. I'm ready to get started. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start getting into God's word. I'm going to start living a life that, that God wants. I'm going to get started. Some of you may need to change course, change a little bit, adjust a little bit. There's some things that you've started doing, some things that have filled your life that just simply aren't from God, and you need to, you need to adjust, you need to change course. And some of you, you, don't need, you just need to, you need to hang on. You need to hang on. You need to trust what God has said. You need to trust what God has, God has done. And you need, need to let Jesus do his perfect work in your life. As we pray, if you need to come and pray about something has been said or something else completely, if you need to pray for someone else, whatever it might be, while, while Matt plays this uh, song, if you need to come and pray, we invite you to come.